Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This is the Believe in Pro Wrestling Podcast. Here's Ricky Chino and SP3 on the Believe Podcast Network. Oh, it is good to be back. Not our normal time slot, but we will take it. Welcome into a very special Wednesday afternoon of the Believe in Pro Wrestling podcast. So excited to be back talking some professional wrestling with you. I feel like SP3, it's been like 10 days or maybe two weeks since we've talked to one another, which has got to be a record in the last two years, but uh, I'm happy to be back with you. There's a lot to dive into today. How how you doing? How you doing? How's life been? You all right? You hanging in there? I'm hanging in there. It's tough out here <laughs> in these New York streets. The weather, it's getting hotter as oh. summer does in New York where where the humidity is ridiculous and but I was able to see some live professional wrestling in the past week. I am happy about that. I'm happy that wrestling in general seems like it's in a much better position than it has been in years. Wrestling is booming again, Rick. We're oh. back, baby. Oh, my gosh, dude. Like, like, okay, so uh, some behind the scenes, right? Remember last year when we did the SummerSlam ticket giveaway here on Believe in Pro Wrestling? Let me just say it was easy to get those tickets, okay? It was very easy to get those tickets to give them away. I could not get them this year to do another giveaway. WWE is on fire as far as ticket sales, as far as ratings are concerned. They are just cooking with gas. AEW keeps putting out high-quality in-ring content. Uh, I think these first four weeks of Collision have been absolutely spectacular, and that's exactly what they need to do if they're going to uh, build up an audience, which we'll be, we'll talk about uh, what we saw in Collision this past weekend with Ricky Starks and Willow Nightingale winning the Owen Hart um, Foundation tournaments. Uh, you know, the, the, not a whole lot of time to dive into it, but my my God, one of the best tag team matches you're ever going to see on television in, in FTR and Bullet Club Gold, I mean, give me another one. Like, I don't know how you top two out of three falls, but give give me another one. I'm, I'm ready to go right now. Um, the, the performances that those four had how on do Saturday. We, how do we great. not have time to talk about that? That's one <laughs> of the matches, one of the top five best matches of the year. One of the greatest insane. tag team matches in AEW history. Like, Jesus, FTR, man. Like I could I I could deny them like three years ago. Three years ago, where they only had, you know, a great series of matches against American Alpha and you know a classic series with DIY in NXT. And then they had two to three years where they're on the main roster and they didn't get that level of greatness. But coming over to AEW, having the matchup with the Young Bucks at full gear 2020, having another classic matchup with them last year uh the the, the great the the trilogy the all-time trilogy that was them in the briscoes and then what they've been able to do 
with Jay White and Juice Robinson, Bullet Club Gold, oh. the Bang Bang Gang, which is a relatively new team that six months ago you probably would have said, no, nah, they're not a tag team in AEW. And now look at them now, and they just put on one of the greatest tag team matches in American television history. Like the last time we got a matchup on this level, you can name any you know bunch of AEW you know tag team matches, whether it's FTR versus the Young Bucks from last year on Dynamite, whether it's Lucha Bros versus Young Bucks from Rampage last year, whether it's Lucha Bros versus Hangman Adam Page and Kenny Omega. They you know AEW's had a bunch of them. WWE has had a bunch of them as far as like you know the two man power trip versus Chris Benoit and Chris Jericho which is my all-time favorite as far as Raw matches. They had multi-man TLC matches on SmackDown and Raw, but as far as two-on-two, I don't think there will be another another matchup of this quality for a very long time. This is an all-time classic, and FTR, Jay White, Juice Robinson can hang their hat on it. Yeah, man, look, uh, it was pretty evident early on in this match that that was going to go the full 60 minutes, right? They First off, they only announced like three matches for, for collision. So you knew this one was going to get some time. And I think it went about 58 plus, maybe 59 minutes. Um, sorry, your mic is your mic is muted, SP3, sorry. 50, 5801 was the, was the time. Because we knew where they were going to go over 30 minutes because they went twenty over 28 minutes last week. But I don't think anyone knew they were going to go nearly an hour. Well, it, to me, it was pretty evident when we had reached about the 24 minute mark and these dudes were still doing chain wrestling in high spots like they were still getting warmed up at the 24 minute mark. We have seen events this year, SP3, where not a single match even went over 20 minutes and these dudes are just getting started at 24 minutes. And man, I was... I do like AEW and the fact that they have that these these time limit draws. I w- I didn't want this one to have a time limit draw. Like I really really wanted this one to have a finish and what a damn finish they had. I don't know what FTR has to do to put Jay White away. I guess hit him with the shatter machine because they hit him with literally every other thing in their arsenal except the shatter machine and he kicked out every single time. Even one at a 2.9999999999 that had the entire audience losing their minds. They they were sold. He got pinned that they were chanting at the referee and booing him. No, he got it. He kicked out. Jay White's performance on Saturday was absolutely insane. And it just, I want more. I want more. And I love the way that they book this because typically I hate 50-50 booking. But when you have Bullet Club Gold who beats them three times in a row, and then FTR is able to come back and get two pinfalls to hang on to their titles by the skin of their teeth. Give me, I, no, game six. Let's go, game six, baby. It's three two. Let's keep it cooking. So I'm, I'm no, it's it's real. It's really it's really game seven is next because they they won the the trios matchup on the first collision. Then Bullet Club Gold won the eight man tag. 
Then they won the the eliminator yeah. matchup, and then they won the first fall of the two right. out of three falls. So this is we're in we're in game seven territory, <laughs> and that's what makes it even better is that if you if you give them a pay per view stage and uh, give them another stipulation to kind of play with, man, it's just it's just incredible. But yeah, this felt like the first time we saw the FTR magic since the Briscoes trilogy. Yeah, uh, Tony, if you're watching, just game seven right here, man. Just just inject, just inject it, uh, all in, all out, whatever. I don't care. Give me, give me it. We 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 desperately need it. Uh, we'll be talking more AEW later, including tonight's huge blood and guts matchup, the main event of AEW Dynamite tonight, the Golden Elite against the Blackpool Compact Club tonight, and uh, we'll be giving our predictions uh, later on a little bit. Lots of WWE to get into as well, uh, including momentum continuing to build for Jay Uso. Is it LA Knights time to capture the United States Championship? We have new women's tag team champions. Seth Rollins says he's been dealing with a lot of nagging injuries dating back a couple of years now. And oh yeah, Judgment Day, if you haven't noticed, they are starting to practice what they preach in taking over W. WE. I know there are a lot of shocked people who woke up this morning and saw a particular result from last night, and we will talk about it next. But first things first, got to thank our friends over at Bet Online. We would not be here without them. They are your number one source for all of your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. They also have all your pro wrestling odds, by the way. Bet Online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting in your favorite casino and card games available right from your phone, fast and easy with your fingertips. Head on over to the website as well, or like I said, use your mobile device. Sign up today. Get in on the action. Remember remember to use our promo code BELIEVE, that is B-L-E-A-V, for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. Thank you guys so much for joining us here on a special Wednesday edition as people continue to trot in. Get your comments in, questions, concerns. We will uh, get to as many of them as we can throughout the entirety of the show. What is up, Safet? Thank you so much for for joining us uh, as usual and finding us on a different time slot this week. Uh, if you're coming in late, you missed the start of the show. Of course, it's going to be on live or uh, at least on demand on the YouTube channel uh, after the stream wraps up. And of course, on the uh, Believe in Pro Wrestling uh, podcast channel, wherever podcasts are available you can find us and that does include by the way my conversation with Samoa Joe that dropped earlier this morning as it's not only blood and guts week it is ring of honor uh death before dishonor this Friday night Friday night pay-per-view Samoa Joe will be defending his uh world television championship against either Dalton Castle or Shane Taylor we, we know who it's going to be if you've read the spoilers, but I won't spoil it for you here. Uh, regardless, looking forward to that matchup. Talked to Joe about his recent uh, renewed rivalry with CM Punk. Uh, talked about some of the great names that helped shape him into one of the best overall uh, in-ring performers in the business today. How much he has left in the tank. Lots of good stuff from Samoa Joe, so make sure to check that out. Give us a thumbs up. Give us a subscription. We really appreciate the support and check out everything we have uh, here at uh, Believe in Pro Wrestling. SP3. I know there's large portion of the audience, a professional wrestling audience, that does not pay attention to NXT. They don't they don't watch it, right? I mean, that, that based, based off the numbers alone, there's people who aren't as into NXT as they are some of the other shows. Well, um, 
it pays to pay attention nowadays with Triple H interweaving NXT superstars with the main roster. It, it's more of a cohesive grouping these days, the main roster and NXT, than it ever has been uh, before. And you're getting a more interjection of main roster superstars, including ones who are getting title matches like Dominic Mysterio. Dirty Dom last night had a shot at Wes Lee and his North American Championship. And spoiler alert, if you didn't watch last night, if you haven't logged onto the internet until right now, we got ourselves a new North American Champion, SP3. Dominic Mysterio, of course. Of course, Ozzy, I see you in the chat. I see you. Yes, he cheated. Of course he did. Of course he cheated. Was it technically him who cheated? It was it was Finn Balor and Rhea Ripley and Damian Priest all getting involved to take out Wes Lee, but still SP3, Dirty Dom, the heat magnet that he is, the top heel in WWE. Yeah, I said it. The top heel in WWE, the man who gets the biggest booze. I said it. Heat magnet, Dirty Dom, new North American champion. Now you add that onto the fact that Rhea Ripley is the world heavyweight champion or the women's world heavyweight champion. Senior money in the bank is Damian Priest. Yeah, the Finn ba the, the Judgment Day is starting to practice what they preach, SP3. They are seriously starting to take over WWE, especially with the amount of time as well that they have been getting on Monday Night Raw. They are getting bloodline level time on Monday Night Raw. They are all over multiple feuds. We saw them interweave uh, beautifully, I might add, in the main event on Monday. Uh, Rhea Ripley's rivalries and everything that's been folding in with Finn and Damian. Um, these guys are starting to cook and they're they're starting to elevate to that platform that we all kind of hope this group would when they were assembled. Yeah, I think this is probably the most interesting that the Judgment Day has ever been. And I think that, the, you know, the Judgment Day, yeah, it's been it feels like so long ago that the Judgment Day was this group that we were making fun of on this show yeah. when they had Edge as the leader and they're cutting hometown based heat promos <laughs> and Edge is supposed to be dark and mysterious, but he's doing that shtick at the same time. And yeah, it just didn't it just didn't work. People didn't want to boo Edge. So it just didn't work on a number of levels. They turned heel but then they were just some goth jabronis who lose all the time and yeah. lose at every pay-per-view. But then Dominic Mysterio turned heel and Dominic Mysterio was the, was the, the, the first domino that dropped for judgment day. Then it was more of a focus on Rhea Ripley and the fact that, you know, without them saying it outright, she's the real leader of the group. Sure. Uh, Finn Balor became more aggressive, you know, in the feud with edge. And as we're seeing right now with Seth Rollins, and we've been seeing uh, Damian priest kind of clear, climb the ladder of success and really turn his career around for where it was before he got into judgment day when he was half devil half angel damian priest and all that nonsense he has really turned it all around become senior money in the bank and now all the dynamics work very well even though i thought the timing was off it just works really well right now because the bloodline is having their issues because of who the leader is and how the leader has treated everybody around them. Meanwhile, the Judgment Day are having their little their little pockets of dissension because there is no kind of establishment of who's the leader. 
That's what it really comes down to. That the and it comes down to the ego of Finn Balor, where you would assume he would be the leader, but he's the one that is not successful. You got Rhea Ripley, who's the WWE Women's World Champion. You got Damian Priest, Senior Money in the Bank, and now you got Dominic Mysterio as North American Champion. And I think that that's the perfect singles title for Dominic Mysterio to first win in his career. I think that they kind of. Were it, it was a detriment to his development as a performer to never go through NXT. Yeah. So the fact that he has a championship on NXT, he can work with some of the performers on that roster. I think it's going to help him a lot. That matchup with Wesley was not very good. And he nearly dropped Wesley on his damn head at one point. And I know that clip has been going around on social media. So all that withstanding... I will say that I think that Dominic Mysterio ending the reign, it gives him even more heat because Wesley was this babyface fighting champion who was breaking records after records after records. He was doing open challenges. And then this sneaky, dirty Dom comes in and sneaks the title away. Thanks in large part to his mommy, Rhea Ripley, hitting Wesley with the championship. It makes a world of sense and it brings even closer NXT to the main roster. So it, it accomplishes a bunch of things as far as the Judgment Day, main roster in NXT mixing up and elevating Dom Mysterio. Queen says Dom being champ is the best thing ever, all caps. And we've had multiple people bring this up, SP3. So how does Dom going to get to keep the belt, but Solo had to give it up? Ozzy also asking how long will Dumb Dom, he says, keep the title because, once again, Solo had to give it up. The uh, only one dumb is Wesley. Like Mustafa Ali offered his, offered his help to you. He knew what was about to happen. He was like, he always got the judgment and you interrupted him and he was trying to help you. You're the dumb one, Wesley. I love you, though. Best North American champion ever. Yeah, and he'll probably get the belt back at some point. Or you know what? It kind of opens him up to now you can kind of sprinkle Wesley in a little bit up on the main roster. If you want him to have a cup of coffee and introduce him as well. We saw them do that with Carmelo Hayes. I know you weren't thrilled with him, him losing to, to Finn Balor in his match when they did have him up there, but at least, you know, they, they, he got the cup of coffee. He got the introduction. I think that does go a long way when they eventually do bring these people up that, Hey, at least your main roster audience, especially on a show where, you know, you have, well over 2 million people who are watching or at least close to it live. And then there's more that gets tacked on between social media views and YouTube and everything like that. It really does help uh, when they get brought up that you're not getting into this whole, well, here's six months of let's get to know you. Oh, Hey, I'm a little familiar with this guy. Let, let's see what's going on. So I think it's going to help with Braun breaker when he eventually does come up after his run and his cup of coffee. So I like the interjection. I love the fact that they put the North American championship on Dom because, and the way that they did it as well, because he is a giant heat magnet and this is only going to continue to further that. And yeah, the, the fact that Rhea Ripley is basically like, he's like a baby bird. Like that, that's what Dom is. He's a little baby bird. And then you got the mama badass Hawk, uh, who is just, kicking away every predator who is coming in to try to take her baby away from her and it's it works and her talons are sharp 
and she's going to kick everybody's ass and baby the hell out of that child and give it everything it wants. That's the dynamic between Rhea and Dom. And it works so well because everybody wants to love Rhea and she still gets baby face reactions. But then it's like, now fuck your kid though. Like, you know, you now get rid of that mommy. You don't need him. You know, like it works so well. And I love the fact that they put the title onto him, but going back to what you said, one of these things in judgment day is not like the other, which makes me question how far is this rise of judgment day going? Cause like I said, they are getting bloodline level time. They are getting bloodline level pushes. Everybody has gold or at least the promise of gold and SP three. Yes. They have teased dissension there. There have been miscommunications and some, some beef that so far has been grilled and eaten between uh, Finn Balor and Damian priest. But we get reports this week that JD McDonough and his plans with judgment day have now suddenly been halted and then we get seth rollins going on impulsive this week logan paul's pod and starts talking about a number of nagging injuries that he's had talked about a knee problem that he's had dating back to 2019 talked about how he's gotten stem cell treatments to hold off having to have back surgery and i know that he is you know battling and jockeying for position as the face of monday night raw right there with cody rhodes we heard cody rhodes bring that up on his uh documentary red carpet last night um you know he is the world heavyweight champion he's trying to establish this new title but how long can seth rollins really keep this up and honestly not sitting here trying to tell a man you know what he should do and there's always that that pro wrestling mindset of just push through the pain push through it and, you know it's part of the deal right you're, you're never going to be 100 but if he's been dealing with this stuff for so many years gotta think man maybe now would be the time Take a few months off, maybe the rest of the year off, go get those surgeries you need and get yourself healthy and ready to go for WrestleMania season next year and the, the next big run of your career, which makes me think maybe they put the title on Finn Balor at SummerSlam. That's one of two matches that has been made official right now. So it's going to be very interesting to see how they book this at SummerSlam. I thought Balor had a decent shot at Money in the Bank. I think he has a much better shot this time around. And honestly, I would seriously consider pulling the trigger if I were WWE. And plus they can work it out in a couple of different ways where it advances this whole judgment day. Sorry. They can do where uh, Damien does what he wanted to accomplish at money in the bank, where he fakes like he's going to cash in and it causes a distraction for Seth and Finn wins. You can have him, you know, them all celebrating with their prizes. And then he catches in on Finn and they jump him out the group. You can, you can have them all celebrate together. You can have, him once again be the reason why Finn can't beat Seth so yeah, there's a couple of different directions that they can go but I, I agree with you but I don't think it's by much I think I think uh, at Money in the Bank it was 10% at SummerSlam it's about 15 20 tops it's about 15 20 tops i'll see what they do with the uh you know the next couple of weeks ahead of SummerSlam, and if they can make me believe even more that finn can beat seth but just seth saying you know he's gotten stem cell treatments and to hold off on back surgery man you could have you could have had back surgery after wrestlemania it would have been fine you would have been fine before they even introduced the world heavyweight championship unless uh, but he they had told to him 
unless they told him about the World Heavyweight Championship, and that's the reason why he's holding off on back surgery. So I yeah. understand there's there's a couple of different things, but I agree with you that him getting this title off of him and getting back surgery and then coming back for WrestleMania would pit him in the same position as Cody. Are they going to have him come back at WrestleMania? I mean, come back at Royal Rumble and not win the Royal Rumble and go on to face Roman Reigns. He has unfinished business. He wants to finish the story with Roman Reigns. Like, oh man. Yeah. It's very, very interesting. Yeah. Look, and look, just putting myself in, in Seth's shoes, right? Like he's arguably the most over he's ever been in his entire career at this point. He's the world heavyweight champion. It has been how long, how, what was it? Four, three, four years since he had a, a, a world championship of some kind around his waist. He finally has his hands on it. He's the most over he's ever been again, jockeying for position as the, the, the top baby face in, arguably the company, if if not, at least on Monday Night Raw with Cody Rhodes. So it's hard to sit here and say, yeah, man, maybe, maybe now's the time to step away from all of that and squash that momentum and go get what I need to get fixed. But at the same time, the, the reward, like you said, could, could be worth it. He might earn himself that WrestleMania main event that he's always wanted. And if depending on where he is and how... The thing that's amazing to me, though, you wouldn't know it by his performances in the ring. You wouldn't know that he's been dealing with foot problems. You wouldn't know that he has, what did he say, stress fractures in his back that he needs to get taken care of. And he'll get occasional stem cell treatments that'll give him like three or four months where he's like, okay, I feel good now. And then, you know, probably goes out and has a ladder match or something, you know, elimination chamber. He's like, ah, maybe it's time for another shot. Um, But might be the smart play to step away from that, but it's look, can't tell a man what to do. It would be so damn hard. But I do look at this rivalry between Finn and and Seth, and I'm just like, Finn kind of needs to win this. Like he needs this victory. His career needs this victory. And you don't have to rush into the Damian Priest thing, which is maybe why the JD McDonough storyline's been put on hold. Maybe Triple H is seeing how well the Judgment Day is performing and going. Well, let's pump the brakes on the split here. Maybe we can have Finn be the world heavyweight champion in Judgment Day and slow play the issues between Damian and Finn because I think it's interesting how Damian would play it as Mr. Money in the Bank if his boy is the world heavyweight champion as opposed to Seth Rollins. Yeah, it'd be very interesting and something that you can play out and like they've been doing as of late, especially under uh, Triple H. They've been playing it out in the long term, doing the long term storytelling. And that would be another long term story that they can tell and have that kind of featured element on Monday Night Raw that's been missing since they did the draft and they put bloodline storyline uh specifically on smackdown like they've been having to do replays of, of of smackdown stuff on raw but we never see replays of raw stuff on on smackdown most you could get is an advertisement for what's gonna happen next week on raw you don't have full-on segments like you do for the bloodline segments yeah. because they know even the replay of that is probably gonna <laughs> draw well like i i think that the you know the and Judgment Day hasn't been drawing like the bloodline as far as TV viewership, but as far as social, they are very much uh, a draw for WWE as far as like the social media numbers. Like I think last night for NXT, 
everything for NXT was about around like the 50,000 view range on their YouTube. Dom winning the title, like 193,000. Him backstage, like 150,000. Like he, this guy and all the stuff that they did with him and Rey Mysterio, they are social media draws. They're viral kind of draws, especially Rhea Ripley. We already know with that. So I think the Judgment Day, they're establishing another group that can be a draw when this bloodline story is going to be over. And, the, and those reports as well saying that the, the Judgment Day is a successor to the bloodline makes me believe that we're a lot closer to the end of the bloodline than people want to think. And I think that this is going to really dictate where the Triple H regime and where WWE is at as far as business booming and them being the number one and hot right now is when the bloodline storyline is over. And then and then what? And then what? And then one. And we'll talk about the bloodline coming up here when we get to the five count. Uh, Safet saying, who is going to join the Judgment Day? Right now, nobody. I don't think, I think they have put the pause on J.D. McDonough. I think J.D. McDonough was going to take somebody's spot, whether it was Finn Balor or Damian Priest, whoever that they were going to um, extricate from the group and turn babyface. And maybe that still is the long play. But for right now, it was interesting. The, the wording on the report was it's been put on hold. It has not been canceled or they haven't changed those plans or nixed them. It's just been put on hold. So again, I think maybe they're going to, to slow play this because again, as P3 said, as anybody who's watched the product over the last year knows, Triple H is not afraid to slow play things. Um, so nobody right now uh queen saying i don't see the point of seth versus finn again if finn isn't winning or if priest isn't cashing in i get what you're saying there i think something is going to happen or at least some kind of a a tease or a riff some kind of storyline progression with finn and damien or seth and finn some kind of finale there but i mean the point is is finn definitely did have a gripe for the way that match ended at money in the bank seth did seth won the match because finn got distracted it's his own fault, but Damien, he, he stood up like he was going to cash in. Come on now. Um, so it, it honestly, to me, it was more of a let's finish this story is why this match is being booked, if nothing else, because were you really going to start another program with Seth Rollins with four weeks to go before SummerSlam when he has been feuding with Judgment Day since he won the World Heavyweight Championship? That would not have made a ton of sense uh, to me. Uh, MCAS saying, dude, Dom is just not good at this in-ring wrestling thing. His character's okay, but man, he has to get better in the ring. I don't think you're going to find many people who will argue with you that that Dom needs to, to be better in the ring. Also, let's remember, this man's been wrestling for a little over three years, and there was no indie scene. There was no NXT. There was no, no it was, hey, I'm here. I'm tagging with my dad, and I'm on television. The guy continues to grow every single day, every single week in front of our eyes. And where he is now compared to where he was is already miles better. I'm not saying you got to put the world heavyweight championship on the guy tomorrow, but uh, he continues to get better. And I have faith that he will continue to uh, get better. SP3, we have once again, I feel like I say this a lot, new women's tag team champions. Hell, the last show that we did, because we, we had to take a, worry, a week off because of my schedule, right? The last time we did a new show, we were talking about new women's tag team champions. Now we come on the air and we're talking about new, new 
women's tag team champions in Chelsea Green and Sonia Deville. They captured the titles on Raw, defeating Liv Morgan and Raquel Rodriguez in a move that is frankly been done to continue Raquel Rodriguez and now Liv Morgan's feud with Rhea Ripley. And this is something that we talked about, frankly, needed to happen, which is why I'm okay with this move happening. And I'm okay with this move happening for a couple of reasons. One, it opens up Raquel and Liv to feud with Rhea, which if they weren't going to be able to get Beth Phoenix back and Becky Lynch is still tied up with Trish Stratus, they needed people for Rhea to feud with on Monday Night Raw over that Women's World Championship. Rhea and Raquel are very close with one another personally. Um, they know how to work well with one another, and I think that is a title match that is going to be good for Raquel. I don't think she's going to win at SummerSlam, but they needed to set something of substance up for Rhea to do, and taking the titles off of her and Liv accomplishes that. What it also does is now it puts the belts on Chelsea and Sonya, who have worked their asses off to create something out of nothing with this team that, honestly, if Carmella did not get pregnant, wouldn't exist right now. It was going to be Carmella and Chelsea together. So these two have worked really well to get this team over. And WWE, to their credit, in recent weeks has started presenting them as a more serious tag team. Remember, they ran that gauntlet a few weeks ago. They didn't do the heel tactics like pretty deadly where it was an entire gauntlet and then they beat one team. They beat everybody to earn this title shot. And then, yeah, Liv was hobbled and Raquel was hobbled and they won the match. And okay, they can thank Rhea Ripley for it, but they can run this division and it opens up a spot now with Liv and Raquel going back to maybe the, the singles division for other teams to step up, like Candice and Caden, like Candice and, or excuse me, Caden and Katana, like Candice and Indy, like Alba Fire and Isla Dawn. There's still a lot of tag teams in this division that hopefully will now get to move up and Rhea gets some opponents. I do hate the fact that we have not had a women's tag team that has held the belts for longer than 48 days since they've come back. And that's a problem, but hopefully there's some stability now in the division. I, I do think this is a move that needed to be made, though. Ladies and gentlemen, this is uh, Rick Cuccino being manipulated by WWE. This is <laughs> not going to be any any stability. I, I We've heard the last three different women's tag team champions. WWE is very optimistic. This is going to bring st st stability to the division. But it never happens. Stop lying to us. Stop fooling people. Stop manipulating people. WWE, we know you don't care about these damn titles. It's all fine and dandy that Raquel Rodriguez and Liv Morgan are needed to feud with Rhea Ripley. As someone that has been begging for Rhea Ripley to have a damn feud since yeah. WrestleMania, I would be screaming at the mountaintop that this should have happened. You know what should it have happened? Guess what? What shouldn't have happened? Liv and Raquel shouldn't have won back the titles at Money in the Bank. You could have had a three-way if you wanted to get the titles on Chelsea Green and Sonya Deville. There's have. always yes. a solution sure. to not hopscotching and not hot potatoing these damn titles. And now the women's tag team championships. 
the women's tag team championships, ladies and gentlemen, that we came into the year with, who was it? Damage control as the champions who lost it to Becky Lynch and Lita Mm -hmm. who lost it to Liv Morgan and Raquel Rodriguez yes. who who vacated it and then Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler won it then Liv and Raquel won it back and yeah. now Chelsea and Sonya are our new champions so the women's tag team titles have had as many champions as the TNT championship Anytime you have five or more title changes and we're only halfway through the year, that's a problem. Maybe Sasha and Naomi, Mercedes and Trinity were right. Yeah, look, I'm not going to argue with any of that. I'm not going to argue with any of that. I still don't like the fact that the titles have been hopscotched and I'm not buying completely into the reports that hopefully this will that they plan on having stability in the division. I just continue to hope for change and hope for better. And I think that they do have something in Chelsea and so and in, in a bubble, in a bubble, this move makes sense. This particular move makes sense. The ones that happened before it did not, they did not, they did not. Do we, do we, did we ever get, did we ever get an explanation for why Shayna Baszler attacked Ronda Rousey? Have we ever gotten a, a full-on explanation from Shayna Baszler on she that? She had years and years of resentment from Ronda coming into wrestling in the back door while she had to pay her dues and work her way up the ladder to get to WWE. Did she actually say that? or was Yeah, that next- she okay. said that. She literally said that. Okay. So it's kind of like what I what I guessed was was going to be it, but on a grand no, scale. it it was not what you guessed. It was some made up reason that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. That in that instant, right, exactly. years of resentment came yeah. back to you, and you decided to lose the tag team titles and betray your best friend. Yeah, exactly. So we haven't gotten an, a a exact uh, reasoning for why it had to happen in that instant, right? So. I could make an argument for why each of those last few moves have been made collectively together. It makes it look like WWE has no idea what the hell they are doing or even caring with the women's tag team titles. I could try to make the argument, but I'm, I'm, I'm not going to, I will say this. I'm happy for Chelsea. I'm happy for Sonia. They both finally win their first gold in WWE. These are two who came in to toughen up together, right? Like, yes, there, there's a good story to tell here. And they, I'm hoping hoping this is going to mean good things for the women's tag team division which is still healthy like i said you got indy and candace you got isla and alba you've got caden and katana however many other tag teams you want to start <laughs> you, you, name, together. you keep naming like three four teams and being like there's a lot no there's not a lot and they keep breaking them up at a rapid at a rapid rate so i'm not i mean I'm who says gonna... that raquel and Liv have to be broken up after the, they can still feud hey, as, we, a, as a tandem we shall see we shall see we shall see um but all i will say is that uh i am i'm very happy for chelsea and sonia two very talented women who deserve this opportunity especially chelsea green who yeah. feels like she is the big success story of the Triple H regime. Out of all the people he re-signed and had come back, it feels like Chelsea Green might be the the, the big success of it all. 
Yeah. And you know what? Kudos to her because she waited to come back until there were some actual, like, concrete, creative plans in place. And I remember being in the press box at the Royal Rumble when she got eliminated inside of, like, four seconds. And I heard multiple people say something along the lines of a Dutch Mantel line of, well, she's dead on arrival. Uh-oh. Don't be so quick to judge. Uh, one thing that we are kind of uh, crossing our fingers on SP3, a couple potentially high-profile injuries. Uh, if you didn't see Bailey over the weekend suffering a knee injury at a house show, uh, match had to be halted. Dreaded X was thrown up. She was seen walking to the back without crutches. Last report that we got on Bailey was that she's that they're kind of waiting for any kind of swelling to go down. But since she was walking around without assistance, that hopefully is a good sign. She just came back at SummerSlam last year from a knee injury that kept her out for a long time. Would hate to see her go down. And then Liv Morgan after Monday was seen in a sling again. She just came back from a shoulder injury, so hopefully she didn't retweak that because there were reports she could have been out all summer, and she came back very, very quickly. So fingers crossed and best of luck to uh, both of them that uh, they dodged some some major bullets here. SP3, bef- uh, yeah, go ahead. No, I was going to say, as far as uh, Bailey and her injury, you never like to see stuff like that. And whenever it happens at a house show, it just makes it feel more real because we didn't have the cameras rolling yeah. when it happened. We don't know what led up to it always. And sometimes the camera footage from the crowd is usually after the person is already down. So I'm hope I'm hopeful that, you know, she, it isn't that serious. And especially because it looked like it was on the same leg that she got surgery on yeah. and you never like to see that. So I'm hopeful for Bailey. Hopefully uh, she'll be all right or have a very quick recovery. And as far as live more, I mean, this is kind of what's going to be at play because she came back so fast after injury. And it's kind of similar to kind of Will Ospreay, who came back from a shoulder injury in the spring. And his first couple of matches, he was like popping his shoulder back in and he had his shoulder like in a sling and stuff right afterwards. So I, I didn't take that one as as kind of serious as I did the Bailey one. But hopefully Liv is going to be all right as well. Yeah, it's kind of been uh, eerily quiet on on Liv Morgan as far as an injury is concerned. Like, really, all we've gotten is the fact that she took a photo with a fan and she had her her arm in a sling. Could have been sore. Who the hell knows? Uh, Antoine Phillips says, damn, should have just kept the NXT titles on fire and dawn. Uh, Duke says it feels like Chelsea and uh, Sonya are going to drop the titles to Casey and Caden soon or Katana and Caden soon. Wouldn't be surprised. And Safet says women's tag team titles are cursed. There's some validity to that. There's some validity. One million percent. Yes. They're you either the tag team either gets broken up or the people leave the company outright. It seems or they get hurt. Or they get hurt. Yeah. Or you know, it pregnant. Yeah. Pregnant stability has not been a word that you can use with the women's tag team division since the crowds came back, honestly. Like the healthiest that division's ever been was Since the pandemic. Ever. They had the perfect first champions and they made them drop the title a month later. Yeah. A month later. Then they had some good second champions and they made them drop the titles a month and a half later. No, they had them for the summer. They just never defended them. The iconics like didn't defend them for the entire summer. They couldn't even get on damn television. Then the crowds Pretty went cool. away and suddenly they built it around. Pretty sure uh, they, they won the titles at WrestleMania and they lost it in June. 
I mean, that wouldn't be a month later. I thought they lost a in the month and a half later. It could be a month and a half later. <laughs> I just remember them not being on television and hardly ever defending them. I know that much. I remember that. Uh, but regardless, yes, there's look, those things are cursed. All right. They're, they're cursed. They haven't been utilized. It properly is the correct word you want to use here since, like I said, the pandemic days when it was Sasha and, and Bailey and the Kabuki warriors and Nikki and Alexa. And those, those were the teams that were holding that division down and they were the division. And then all of a sudden you got Charlotte and Oscar winning the gold. It's like, what are we doing? What are we doing? SP three. This is one of those, uh, stories you don't you don't see too often because people talk a big game right but very rarely do you see people back up that talk um when the whole vince mcmahon stuff was was floating around it was a rumor we we would hear you know these these stories come out about how certain superstars who would say if vince comes back and is in charge of creative i'm walking right we we heard those and your initial reaction to that was the same as mine, which is like, okay, we'll see when it happens. Yeah, okay, well, we'll see. You say that now, but are you willing to walk away from where your spot is, you know, your the paycheck, the stability, all that stuff that comes with being a WWE superstar? One guy did. You remember back in December when all of this reports were coming down that Eric uh, Young had returned to WWE and then we never saw him? Then he shows up at Impact this weekend. Huh. Interesting. Well, about a few hours later, before he showed up uh, at the Impact pay-per-view this past weekend, Bifle Select reported that Eric Young requested his release and was granted it from WWE. Why? Citing creative and moral differences with Vince McMahon now returning to the company. On top of that, SP3, he was supposed to be heavily utilized and heavily pushed as a new member of the Wyatt family, which may now explain why those creative plans kept getting kicked down the, kicked down the road. See, everybody, I'm telling you, when you complain, when you ask questions, when you sit there and say, what the hell is going on? There's always a reason for why things are happening the way that they are, whether it's an injury, whether it's COVID, whether it's a pregnancy, whether it's something like, oh, crap, one of the key cogs in the storyline that we were going to introduce just asked for his release and is not coming back. What are we going to do? Honestly, for them, as far as the, as far as the, the Wyatt family plans were concerned, it might have been a silver lining that Bray Wyatt got ill and wasn't able to continue carrying things on. It was supposed to be him, Bo Dallas, who was being portrayed as, as Uncle Howdy. Uh, Alexa Bliss was supposed to be coming back. That's not happening now for obvious reasons. And Eric Young were supposed to be involved. So interesting creative direction that they were heading there. I could see that. Does make me scratch my head and go, well, what the hell were you going to be doing with Nikki Cross then? So that doesn't answer anything there because we were all assuming that Sanity was coming back. Never came to fruition. Regardless, the fact that Eric Young talked the talk and then walked the walk with Vince McMahon coming back is something that very few people would do. And I respect him for it because if I were in his position as P3, I don't know if I would be on the moral high ground enough to say, F this bag, I'm out. I don't think I would. And I don't think a lot of other people would either. So 
I give a lot of credit for Eric Young for walking away from that and going back to Impact. Eric Young is a former Impact World Champion, former X Division Champion, former Television Champion, Tag Team Champion. This man has done it all. He's even won the Knockouts Tag Team Titles. This man has won the NXT Tag Team Championships. He is one of the he should he should be in the conversation in the debate in the in the discussion for the Mount Rushmore of Impact Wrestling and what he did in NXT with Sanity. It was one of kind of the inaugural kind of pioneer groups of that era of NXT that everybody you know remembers so fondly. Sanity was kind of those cogs in there where you had you had a tag team in there where you could pair up any of the guys. You also had Nikki Cross who could tear it up in the women's division. They were just so perfect and so different from everybody else during that time in NXT that they worked so well. And Eric Young did well in that role. But this might be the greatest thing that Eric Young has ever done in the wrestling business. This man asked for his release. This man put his money where his mouth was and said, you know what? Deuces. Nah, it ain't it ain't what I was this this isn't what I was looking for. I had them kill me at my last job so I could come over here and y'all got me. Y'all got me, but uh you got me working with a, with an SA over here. I can't do that. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to walk away. I'm out of here. But yes, Eric Young, I applaud you. Congratulations, sir. And the return was was cool. The Team Canada reunion, that was a lot of fun with Scott Demore. You had A1 out there, Darren McCarty becoming an honorary member. And that was one of the kind of the more memorable moments from Slammiversary, which was a good show from top to bottom this past Saturday. Scott still got some moves. Yeah. He can go for a big fella now. I was, I was genuinely impressed. Genuinely. He got to teach. He got. He got to teach his son Joel Pearl a fight for. Got to teach him something. <laughs> Appreciate everybody who's in the chat. Keep getting those comments in. We're about to hit the five count here, but uh, quick, do us a favor though. Everybody who's here, hit that thumbs up button. If you haven't already, hit that subscribe button. Really helps us drive up our audience. Thank you guys so much for the support. Don't forget to check out my conversation uh, with Samoa Joe that went live earlier this morning. And by the way, you know what? Blood and guts is tonight. Had a great conversation with Wheeler Yuta a couple of weeks ago about blood and guts, his experience in last year's match, maybe some things you missed from last year's match and what to expect uh, tonight. So that'd be a nice little pregame uh, for you as well. But SP3, let's dive. Oh, we, we should we should thank the people as well for heading us to 600 subscribers. Yes, right. Thank yes. you so much, That's everyone, right. for the support and helping us hit another milestone here on Believe in Pro Wrestling. We're at 605. Y'all got wrestling friends. Tell a friend. All right. We're, we're inching closer to a thousand. Like my goodness to build a channel from scratch to get to a thousand SP three. You know what that feeling is like. That's gotta be a good feeling. I want to know that feeling. We are three ninety five away. We are three ninety five away. I'm plugging, plugging. Thank you guys so much. I really, really appreciate it. Now we can dive into this. It's time to answer the five count on the believe podcast network. All right, SP3, here are the five biggest questions I got for you today. Another good segment on Friday Night SmackDown featuring main event Jay Uso. He is on an absolute roll right now with his performances in the ring, promos, storytelling, all of it. The evolution of Jay Uso 
as just not as a wrestler, but again, as a performer has been spectacular to watch over the last few years. This man's about the main event SummerSlam for the WWE Universal Championship. None of us would have said that or predicted that three years ago. Not in a one-on-one matchup, not against Roman Reigns. If Jey Uso ever got a one-on-one matchup for the World Championship, it was going to be what TLC. It was going to be a Saudi show. It was going to be the second biggest show of the year. That wasn't going to happen. It wasn't going to be Jey Uso, but it is. And all of a sudden, SP3, we're starting to hear those familiar rumbles. Those familiar rumbles, those same rumbles that we heard with Drew McIntyre. Those same rumbles that we heard with Sami Zayn. Those same rumbles that we heard about Cody Rhodes. Those same rumbles that came from my mouth that came most of the time from your mouth. There's a lot of support building in the fan base anyway for Jey Uso to not only main event SummerSlam against his cousin, against Roman Reigns, after being the first man to pin him in over three years, but to do it again and walk away with the WWE Universal Championship SP3 should Jey Uso be the one to be the new tribal chief and dethrone and end the reign of terror from Roman Reigns and this WWE Universal Championship run that's been going on for, what, 1,050 days now? Yes. Jey Uso has been elevated more than anyone in this bloodline story. I think that getting Roman Reigns, a guy that this company has been behind since like day one, and they wanted to push him as a main event star and to get him from, okay, main event babyface that didn't get over to one of the all time greats. Yeah, that's a huge elevation. But to get Jay Uso from how we started this whole story of him saying they don't even know which one I am to main event Jay Uso is about the main event SummerSlam and people think that he should end one of the greatest world title reigns of the modern era of all time, period. That yeah. is something. That is something. No one has been elevated more than Jey Uso in this story. No one has shown their their talents more than Jey Uso in this story from the initial feud with Roman Reigns to him slowly but surely becoming a loyal soldier to even talking Jimmy Uso into falling in line to him and Jimmy Uso, their run as tag team champions to the, the stuff with Sami Zayn with not being the one who didn't want him in the bloodline to finally accepting him and defending him in the tribal court to being the one who walked away when Sammy turned on the bloodline and they had to he had to get got all of that like he has shown so much in all of this and I say all of this to say no G <laughs> Uso should not he should not defeat Roman Reigns for the WWE Universal Championship at SummerSlam because of my catchphrase on this show, it seems, for fans who get a little too excited with their fantasy booking. And then what? Jey Uso wins. And then what? Kofi Kingston title reign? Because I remember that. I remember that, ladies and gentlemen. That ain't go too well. That didn't go too well because that wasn't their plan. That wasn't what they wanted. They don't want Jey Uso to be the one to dethrone Roman Reigns. They are building an all-powerful top 
heel in Roman Reigns for an all-powerful top babyface to overcome. An all-powerful top babyface who had to face Roman Reigns and face adversity on the way to Roman Reigns and had to get dropped down that mountain and climb back up and finally dethrone him. Yes, I'm talking about. Drew McIntyre. No, I'm talking about <laughs> Cody Cody Rhodes, WrestleMania 40. That is probably what we're leading to, ladies and gentlemen. Unfortunate it is, but yes, that is what we're leading to. Unless Seth Rollins gets his back surgery and can swoop on it. I mean, at this point, I feel like it has to be Cody or Seth. Part of me, part of me would love a triple threat in the main event. Like, could we find a way to have Seth and Cody keep them? Like, Seth going and getting surgery would be the key to keeping Cody and Seth away from each other. How much longer can you do that with them both on Monday Night Raw? Could you imagine? Don't announce that Seth's coming back at the Rumble. Can you imagine if 30 hit Cody still in the ring? Let's say he entered at number one this year, whatever, whatever it was, and Seth music hit at 30 and the crowd loses their damn mind wherever the Royal Rumble's at. Hopefully somewhere in the Midwest so I can drive there this year. But regardless, it's all about me. You know how it is. Uh, regardless. regardless. Selfish son of a bit. <laughs> if it's within eight hours, I'm driving, baby. So there, there's options. Okay, there's options. But what if they get down to being the last two? And what if we get a tie? And now all of a sudden it sets up Roman Reigns, Seth Rollins, and Cody Rhodes in the main event of WrestleMania. All of that to say, whether they get there or not, whether it's Seth Rollins or Cody Rhodes or both, I'm here to tell you I agree with you. Because I trust at this point, when it comes to the bloodline, when it comes to Roman Reigns, I have to believe they already have their end game figured out. I have to believe. And they passed up giving Drew McIntyre a huge, monumental win in his home, in his home country, in the UK, at Clash at the Castle. They passed up an all-time Mick Foley-level moment in Montreal by having Sami Zayn shock the world and win the WWE Universal Championship. They passed that up. They passed up Cody Rhodes, main event, doing it for Dusty. They passed up that moment because they're building to something. Whatever it is, they're not going to let anything derail their plans. And I don't believe that Jay Uso was their plan from the start. Cannot believe that Jay Uso was their plan from the start. And if it was, holy shit, good on them because it worked. I cannot believe when they had, hey, we're going to put the title on Roman. He's going to hold it forever so we can get Jay Uso up to main event level status. Hell no, no one said that. And if you said that in the pitch meeting, your ass got fired immediately, okay? This ain't the plan where they're going. Probably the writers talking about. You remember, you remember Charlie? You remember when Charlie said Jey Uso should win the Universal Championship? <laughs> I miss Charlie. <laughs> Whatever, man. Like that was not their plan. They have a plan. They have an end game. I don't know what it is, whether it's Cody Seth or somebody we ain't thinking of right now. Hell, it could be LA Knight. I don't know. Yeah. They're going to stick to their plan, and I trust them at this point. I don't think Jey Uso is it, so no, don't derail the plan. Stay the course as long as you physically can. Stay the course. Keep the title on Roman. Build toward WrestleMania 40. 
Speaking of L.A. Knight SP3, we know it's his game, but is it his time to win the United States Championship? Now, SP3, if you remember what happened on Friday leading up to SmackDown, there was a tweet that was sent out about the United States Invitational, basically, I think is what they called it, and they said, hey, here's the match that's happening tonight, and they showed the Fatal 4-Way that we got on Friday. Now, if you had clicked on the link and read the description, it told you, hey, here's a match tonight. We're going to have a match next week. And then those two are going to meet on the July 28th edition to figure out who is going to face Austin Theory, hopefully at SummerSlam, but we don't know at this time, uh, regardless, right? They told you there was another match coming, but people don't click on the links, right? They just read the, the headlines and immediately you see a flood of, how the hell is LA Knight not in this match? Where is LA Knight? What the heck is going on? How are you guys not going to capitalize on LA Knight? Calm down, folks. You knew he was going to get put in a match. They would be dumb if they did. Coming off that reaction at Money in the Bank. Coming off the fact that he Dummy. is Dummy, yeah. Yeah. Coming off the fact that he is now a top five merchandise, se merchandise seller in the company. You want pushed? Sell some damn merch. They gave him merch, and it flew off the damn shelves. They put up a generic video of him beating down Hit Row, which was basically the equivalent of a house show segment before the Madison Square Garden show after Money in the Bank. That did over a million point three views in a week's time. You had to know something of, of substance was coming with L.A. Knight. I cannot imagine a scenario, SP3, where he does not win on Friday, where he does not win on the 28th, and where he does not defeat Austin Theory to become the United States champion. At this point, it's great to have plans, SP3. You got to pull the damn trigger at some point. I know Triple H is all about patience. Throw patience out the damn door right now. Give LA Knight that United States championship. Hell yes, it's his time. And he has to realize when something's not working. And Austin Theory, United States champion, is not working. So it is it is a twofold of you have a United States champion that is not working. You have an overperformer who's getting louder and louder reactions that you finally seem to be going to as a babyface right now. You got a United States champion, like once again, that is said is not working, but is also a heel. It just makes all the sense in the world. It, it would make, I would love it to just be like a couple of seconds at SummerSlam. Like you just kick off the show due to entrance. You can have Theory and, and Knight cut promos beforehand and then ring the bell. B, BFT, one, two, three, <laughs> uh, LA Knight, your new United States champion. But unfortunately, I do think that we're going to get that on the SmackDown before Probably. SummerSlam because that is how they've been doing these uh, SmackDowns before the Saturday pay-per-views. But, hey, it's still going to be a great moment in front of that Detroit crowd. So I am here for LA Knight winning the United States Championship Invitational. And, yeah, it is his time to win the United States Championship. Yeah, I'd love for this to actually be on the SummerSlam card, and I get it, though. Triple H traditionally likes to keep the shows a little bit shorter, and God bless him for it, right? But it's the biggest party of the summer. It's a Saturday night. We're probably getting nine matches. You could stretch it to ten. Let's let's be honest. You could, you could stretch it to ten because you didn't get L.A. night on WrestleMania in L.A. He did not win money in the bank. 
He's one of your top five baby faces, arguably top three baby faces. He's the top three merchandise seller in the company as far as active superstars are concerned. And Austin Theory, like, this is he deserves a spot on the card. Like, you say it's not working, and right now it's not. He's colder than where he was at WrestleMania, but they haven't really been giving him a whole lot to do. They move him to SmackDown. He loses his first match, and then all of his title defenses have been on Friday night against the same people. And yeah. he's been used primarily as a tool to get pretty deadly over more than anything. I'm not opposed to that, but by natural progression, he's going to take a back seat in that situation. So he hasn't even had a premium live event match since he beat John Cena at WrestleMania. I think this is a feud that could help heat him up him and LA Knight, And you could continue yeah. a past survive SummerSlam if you really want to, but this match should be on the SummerSlam card. Just go I, ahead. I, I'll be honest. I think this would be a choice of, putting a match up on the SmackDown before SummerSlam that I would be like, yeah, that makes about that makes about sense because the United States Championship is not over because you have it on someone who is not over. And you 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 said, oh no, I don't I don't agree or or no to what I was saying. And and everything you said kind of doubled down on everything I was saying that they have not tried. Since, no, I agree with you. I just he's cold. He's colder than he was before WrestleMania, and it's like a self-fulfilling prophecy from John Cena, and they haven't tried. They they put him against Sheamus, and he's had pretty decent matches against Sheamus, but nothing match of the year worthy or something that Sheamus could be bragging about as a banger or anything like that. So, yeah, it's just like it is who he is. I don't think an L.A. Knight feud is going to reignite him or revitalize him. I think it is a way for the more overact to, to get this title. Yeah, no, and I, I wasn't disagreeing with you. I agreed with you. I just said there's a very good reason for him, and it's the way that he's been booked over the last few months. Um, lots of AEW news that we need to dive into uh, real quick here. SP three, including the fact that first reported by Sean Ross app over at Fightful select, and then confirmed by Tony Khan during his uh, ring of honor media all this week, AEW has a new list of band maneuvers for in ring talent, big deal or ain't no thing. SP three. I think this is I don't I don't know if it's a big deal or ain't no thing. I think it's an expected thing. I think that as the company is growing and as we're we're a few weeks or months away from them announcing this TV deal, which is going to have more involvement of Warner Brothers Discovery, we we're going to see these band maneuvers. We we're going to see them stopping with, you know, getting throwing drinks at crowd members or getting into the crowd when you're bleeding and potential yeah. you know blood transfer like that like and you know a lot of the moves that are on this list that are getting a lot of people kind of up in arms about this is just stuff that they have to have better communication with as far as their producers and the agents of their matches to get it clear they could still do all the stuff that's on there as far as not involving the crowd as far as moves but they just have to have better communication and as far as this being one of the tools to improve the communication within aew that is what it's all about and that's what aew needs they need better communication backstage top to bottom it don't just involve oh the elite need to talk to cm punk no we yeah. need to start from the bottom and work our way up to that top position to get ourselves in a better position as a company overall so we can get cm punk and the elite on the same page 
Yeah, look, I think this is actually both. I think this is a big deal because I think it's an important step for the safety of the performers because we have seen instances, look at Dante Martin, where um, maybe they take it a step too far and he winds up with uh, a severe injury and now he's he's on the shelf, right? Like we have seen instances of that before. And I think, again, communication is key. You got young, hungry guys who want to keep taking it a step further and a step further and a step further. And if you just let them continue to slam the foot down on the gas, eventually there's going to be a car accident, right? So I think this is a great way to kind of reel in some younger guys from doing something that's overly dumb. Uh, it's what like, hey, what if I did this? Sometimes you need people to go, nah, bro, it ain't worth it. It's not a good spot to do. Why don't we try this instead, you know, and, and work your way out. So I think that's a very important thing. I think it's going to uh, help the crowd out as well. But where I think it it ain't no thing, SP3, is I honestly don't think there's going to be that big of a drop-off from, from the reading the list. There's not going to be a big drop-off from in-ring quality at all. This, nah. that It ain't no thing there, but this is also a big deal because I think it is an important step in protecting both your audience and your, your employees. And it's also it's also going to prevent from guys doing the same spot in back to back matches so much, which happens in AEW because the communication is not well with the producers and with the agent. So it's going to it's going to help them more than it's going to harm them. So that's why I said I'm not really sure if it's a big deal or ain't no thing. It's somewhere in the middle. I'm trying to think there was one of the collision episodes. I felt like. I think it was. Hmm. I can't. I can't remember which night, but I. I definitely felt like I watched the exact same match twice. Like, and I just feel like there's something that you could have done to. to it was the night that that Hobbs and and Starks wrestled. So there, that match and one of the other matches on the show. I'm like, you're kind of doing the exact same thing with the same injury and the same heat and this that and the other. Thing. Like, I I watched the same match twice. And I think, again, more communication with the producers and the backstage talent, That's it's going to help the in-ring product. It's going to help the shows get better is what it's going to do. Speaking of Ricky Starks, he is your men's Owen Hart Cup champion. Willow Nightingale, the women's Owen Hart Cup champion. SP3, did AEW get it right with these two? 1,000% yes. Uh, Willow Nightingale. I've been so high on her for feels like a few years now. And I'm so happy for all the success where when you really look at the first six months of 2020, uh, 2023, and then add in these last couple of weeks in July, Willow Nightingale is a candidate for Women's wrestler of the year. When you just look at her accomplishments, who she's beaten, she has a win over Mercedes Monet, over Athena, over Ruby Soho. Uh, She's won the NJPW Strong Women's Championship, first ever the inaugural champion for that new title. She's now won the Owen Hart uh, Foundation Women's Tournament. She now has an opportunity to win the Ring of Honor Women's World Championship this Friday at ROH Death Before Dishonor against Athena. Willow Nightingale, 
Willow Nightingale has put together quite the year already, and I think that we're going to see so much more. And she's been so undeniable as one of the ultimate baby faces when it comes to all of professional wrestling, regardless of gender. So her winning was a no-brainer. Her winning over Ruby made a lot of sense, and I love that it sets up another story for next year of will Ruby Soho make it back to the final, and will Ruby Soho finally win the Owen Hart Cup? So I love when uh, a result will result in more story for next year and make the Owen Hart Cup something. Make it something. Like I said, I think that last year, the the early part of the tournament was really, really good. And then the late part dropped off. And then this year, the, the early part of the tournament was kind of like, oh, here it is. And then the late part of the tournament, it got really, really good. So if yeah. they can mesh it all together and create stories for next year, like they did with Ruby, they'll be all the better for it. And as far as Ricky Starks, Ricky, Ricky, Ricky. I had a feeling when I saw the bracket for this tournament, I said Ricky Sarks versus CM Punk was going to be the finals. And I said I felt like one of them was going to turn heel. So to have it be Ricky, I think, was a sublime choice because you could still ride this whole CM Punk tweener act where he's going to get cheered in some towns. He's going to get booed in some towns. He's going to get a mixture of both in some towns. You can ride that out. And like you see for Cena, they rode that out for a fucking decade. So uh, Uh you can ride that out for a very, very long time. Ricky Starks uh, maybe needed that jolt. I don't think he needed it because I don't think he was a babyface that long. We were only just going on uh, the the anniversary of him turning babyface last year at Fight fight for the Fallen in like a couple of weeks. So he hadn't even made it a full year as a babyface. And I felt like there was a lot for you to do with him as a babyface. But with the people that you now have in play, the players at play with Punk as the top babyface on Collision, you got Adam Cole, the elite, the top babyface on dynamite there might not be that place for him and just being the number two uh the number two baby face to punk that's not good that's not going to be good enough for ricky starks and his talents so making him a potential number one heel where that number one heel on collision seems like it's up in the air where it could be it could be you know samoa joe some week could be jay white some weeks especially after that classic that he had with ftr it, and now it could be ricky starks and all of them are few with CM Punk at the same time so it makes the show overall very interesting it makes Ricky Starks and what's going to happen next with him very interesting and what he did in the ring wasn't even the heel turn it was what he did the Jushin Thunder Liger with snatching the trophy and then and then not shaking his hand that was the real heel turn they they brought a Jushin Thunder Liger WWE Hall of Famer one of the greatest junior heavyweights of all time they brought him from Japan to Canada just to be disrespected Ricky what are you doing they could have put they could have put the janitor in that damn suit if they were going to do that the the level of disrespect on that there were a couple of things that I personally maybe would have done a little bit different because I understand what you're talking about with CM Punk and, and the whole tweener thing right because you talk about CM Punk being the number one baby face and maybe Ricky could be the number one heel. Hell, there are going to be some nights where Punk is the number one heel and Punk is the number one baby face. Like, what was it? 
uh, Saskatoon, they, they freaking loved his ass. And then he gets to Calgary and they're booing him out of the freaking building. It is going to be like this every single collision that they go. I would have left Ricky and out. I would have just to see how the to, to slow play it a little bit. Have Punk grab the rope first. Have Punk grab the rope first and then have Ricky. So, all right, turnabout's fair play. Turnabout's fair play. And then you could have him do the thing with Jushin Thunder Liger if you really wanted to. That, to me, was a little bit weird. But I wanted more storyline progression at Battle of the Belts. Battle of the Belts had its issues. I wanted some more storyline progression there. Didn't have to interrupt the the ceremony with, with, with Martha Hart or anything like that. But as Ricky's walking out, you could have had Punk come out on stage and they could have had some kind of promo exchange or some kind of exchange where Punk is, is dying to know what the hell was that all about Ricky that's and this, blowing, that, and the other thing? That's blowing your load on one night. You that's you saved hook. that. Yes, it is. You saved that for the next night. Yeah, that that's the hook. That's the hook for next week's collision. It's to see what Punk's gonna say. See how Punk calls out Ricky. You don't do that on Battle of the Bells. Battle of the Bells. No one was gonna watch that or was gonna watch that. They would have made their decision already. And the fact that it did. 524,000 viewers, man. Battle of the Bells did pretty well for themselves and did a lot better than it's done following Rampage that it did following Collision this week. I think that they did just enough, and especially with the story that they told within the matchup where Punk was trying to make it a friendly battle, but Ricky kept trying to make it more personal and make it more, more, more aggressive. He was the aggressor in the matchup and taunting Punk, doing the go to sleep sleep stump would mm-hmm. led to yeah. punk kind of doing the taunts and the bret hart taunts and stuff like that and i think that you didn't i think that that would have that would have kind of devalued what ricky did if punk did it first if it needs it needed to be ricky who did it first ricky reversing punk doing it right by the ropes and punk choosing not to do it it means yeah. more that ricky chose to do it and he because he was right by the ropes and punk could have do it it means more that ricky chose to do it i do like the fact that they put how much they put ricky over on commentary saying he's beaten five world champions on this show because ricky now six yeah now six he has hardly been able to like he has not been able to win the big one like they've never really pulled the trigger i don't know how big the owen hart is right like it Hopefully they turn this into something and they can maybe kind of use this as their pseudo king of the ring or something like that to help help finally elevate Ricky to the, to the next level. And hopefully now they can kind of create this with CM Punk because we know where CM Punk's ultimate goal is, is to, it's to get back to max and it's to get back to the AEW world championship. He made that perfectly known when he brought the bag is his first night there. Right. So um, getting there and ultimately getting there because you got MJF and Adam Cole who are doing their thing. We'll see if they win the blind eliminator tournament tonight. But, um, and what they're doing right now is, is just spectacular. So you got Max tied up in his own thing. You got CM Punk with casting different lines all over the place. Like he's, you know, in a fishing competition. Uh, I, I love what they have set up uh, with him. And I love that they put over uh, Ricky on commentary, regardless if, you know, we disagree on how they could have done it. Um, I'm not even saying you need to put a mic in Punk's hand, by the way, just having Punk, show up afterwards and kind of try to talk to Ricky and then have Ricky just give him a smile and 
not address them and walk away. I think that would have added a, a, a little bit to that. But um, if you're going to put think, Ricky on I, TV twice, I would have liked to see just a little something, just a little something. That's all I want. I think Ricky, Ricky put over the new character in during the segment when Martha Hart was, when she had a prepared speech that said you won the Owen Hart cups with pride and dignity. And Ricky looked at the crowd like, that was all you needed. You don't need punk with that. You that's putting over that Ricky knows. He's acknowledging that he knows what he did was wrong and he's happy about it because he got what he wanted out of it. So, that's all you need. Uh I agree with you on Willow 100% by the way. I I would have been happy with either one of them, but Willow is an absolute star. Um I, I think my only complaint is the fact that Athena's win streak ended on rampage it wasn't going to circumstances were what they were with willow getting hurt and they had to postpone the match uh and they they put it on rampage so that sucks that that happened there but it does it has set up things nicely between her and athena heading into death before dishonor this weekend i hope that match main events i think willow will win that one as well and maybe opens up athena to go to dynamite or collision or, or wherever she she's needed more because i think she has a lot to obviously offer, um, you know, on not the main roster. I don't want to say that, but on, on the AEW roster for uh, for sure. But uh, regardless, yeah, Willow, great. Loved it 100%. And uh, Antoine Phillips saying it was black excellence over the weekend. SP3, Willow, uh, Leo Rush, Trinity, Ricky Starks, all winning titles and cups uh, this weekend. And yes, hell yes, Trinity. Uh, man, when I think she talked to Sports Illustrated where she said she wanted to quit wrestling. After last year, and now she's the Impact World Champion or the Knockouts Champion. Fucking love that. Absolutely. Both, both her and uh, Leo Rush. Leo Rush wanted to retire from the business a few times. He did. He left yeah. WWE, and he, and he pretty much did. And New Japan Pro Wrestling re kind of vialized his love for professional wrestling and now to go to Impact Wrestling, defeat the arguably the greatest X Division champion of all time. Chris Saban, uh, how it happened, you know, that's up for debate and stuff like that. But Leo Rush being X Division champion, I think he's a worthy name to be included into the pantheon of X Division champions. And Trinity winning, I think that was a no-brainer. You see all the eyes and all the publicity that Trinity has given Impact Wrestling. Yep. I think that it would just be one of the dumbest decisions in Impact Wrestling history. And that's saying a lot. If you know Impact Wrestling's history, uh, the one of the dumbest decisions in Impact Wrestling history if they didn't put the title on Trinity. All right, SP3. Last but not least here, it's Blood and Guts 3 tonight. It is the Golden Elite versus the Blackpool Compact Club tonight. Who do you want to see get the win and who does get the win? You're quite proud of yourself for Compact Club, I can see, right? <laughs> I thought it was creative. <laughs> you, you like you, you pretty much resist like this every time you said it on Coming the show. On the, like, well, no, I'm just enunciating it so people now it's on the screen so people see it. But people on the you know the podcast, I'm announcing it properly so they hear it. It's true. Yeah, yeah, sure. It's it's not it's not bragging at all. Um, I think that this is going to be one of the biggest and best AEW Dynamite matches of not just the year. I think of all time. I think that you have some of the most important 
uh, figures in AEW's history with Kenny Omega, the longest reigning AEW world champion of all time, EVP, trios champion, tag team champion, of course, outside of AEW, IWGP, heavyweight champion, two-time IWGP United States champion. He's won championships all over the world. John Moxley, the second ever AEW world champion, the only three-time AEW world champion, the few he's had with Omega coming into this and kind of uh, splintering uh, off and coming into this one where the last time they went one-on-one was inside of his steel cage. You got the Young Bucks, one of the greatest tag teams of this generation, one of the the longest reigning AEW World Tag Team Champions, AEW Trio Champion, EVPs, Hangman Adam Page, the fourth ever AEW World Champion. You got Pac, Trio Champion, the first ever international champion in company history. Konosuke Takeshna kind of viewed as kind of the, the future of all elite wrestling, kind of the, the, the heir apparent to the last generation in Japan, the next great Japanese star uh, come out of that country. And then you got Kota Ibushi making his debut, making his damn debut in AEW and how many stories that opens up where he plays into all the different stories of Kenny Omega and Don Callis's issue, which is a part of this, where Don Callis feels like Kenny Omega betrayed him by wanting to wrestle with his friends, the Young Bucks, wanting to reunite with Hangman Adam Page, and he spits in his face once again by getting the fifth member of their team is his best friend, his golden lover, Kota Obushi. So it plays into that. You got, the, you know, Kenny and 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 Kota Ibushi, them potentially teaming up together coming out of this. The Golden Lovers have an official tag team in AEW. You can get that out of this. And then Kota Ibushi, with his interplay, he's had matches with Claudio Castanoli in the past, so he's got a history with him. Uh, John Moxley's already talking trash to him. Willie Uta has gotten a lot out of this feud, getting the win in Anarchy in the Arena, yeah. and they have built this so nicely where it's been must-see TV for AEW for the better part of three months since uh re- since the end of Revolution, but this rivalry has really been going on for nine months. This all started with with John Moxley concussing uh Hangman Adam Page back in Cincinnati in October yeah. of last year, and you had Moxley and and Hangman feud for months, and then that splinters off into the Elite versus the Blackpool Combat Club. I thought Pack was a sublime choice to be the fifth member of the the Blackpool Combat Club because he has so much history. His inaugural feud with Kenny Omega is still uh, viewed as kind of the one of the first great AEW feuds, especially in Dynamite and their Iron Man matches viewed as one of the greatest matches in Dynamite history. He has history with the Young Bucks trying to win the AEW World Tag Team titles and the Trios Championships. And he has history with Hangman Adam Page from back in the opening months of Dynamite. So there is so much history so much build up to this matchup like this is another one another one once again with the elite and blackpool combat club where i'm like the bar is five stars because of how much story and because of the bar that was set with last year's blood and guts where they they 
blew it out the water. They had an all-timer uh, that I think will be viewed back as one of the best matches of last year. And I think they're about to do it again tonight in Boston. You didn't answer the question. Who do you want to see win and, and who does win? With all that being said, <laughs> Golden Elite get the win. Golden Trigger by Kenny and Coda to Wheeler Yuta for the win. And poor Yuta. Um, man, th there's not much that I can add to it because you, you broke it down beautifully. Um, it... <sighs> I agree with you on the fact of last year's blood and guts match was one of the best of the year. This match to me almost feels like an all-star game compared to, and that's not a knock on who was involved last year, but everybody who's in this match this year, it just feels like an all-star team. And unfortunately, Brian Danielson is hurt and cannot be part of this matchup. That's, that's the thing that sucks about this. Um, there's a major part of me that wants to see them do kind of what they did at um, an anarchy in the arena where Yuta went over on Kenny Omega is to set somebody up, is to kind of make somebody in this, which makes me want to Keshna to get the win by pinning Kenny Omega in this. But also, you, you like you said, it started with Hangman and Moxley, and it has now evolved. And now the central figure, the central feud in all of this is is Kenny and Don Callis. So I feel like it has to come down to Kenny and Callis, and I just feel like Kenny needs to come out on top on this. So I'm 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 completely torn on who should win this one. I don't I don't think I would be mad either way. I get the sense though, and I'm just trying to think of and then what, right? That's I'm trying to think of your mindset. If oh they they it's this is not about Kenny and Callis. This is about the Golden Elite and the Blackpool Combat Club. They have just done a beautiful job of setting up and then what already? And then what is we get Kenny Omega and Kanosuke Takeshita? And then what is we get more of this Kenny Omega and Don Callis storyline? We get to flesh that out more. And then what is Kota Ibushi versus Kanosuke Takeshita? Because get that in my veins all day and twice on Tuesday. And then and then what is also Eddie Kingston when he comes back to from Japan and his issue with Claudio Castanoli yes. and his drama with John Moxley. And then what has been has been set up nicely. This is to blow off Blackpool Combat Club and the Golden Elite. And I said, like I said, I think I think Willa Yuta has gotten enough. I think the only thing better than Willa Yuta taking the fall would be John Moxley. John Moxley taking the fall for the Blackpool Combat Club. I think that would also work as well. Which is why I'm circling back around to where this started. Hangman Adam Page gets the win tonight by pinning John Moxley. That is my prediction for tonight. Either way, the other prediction I'm going to make, pain. Lots and lots of pain. I can't say it like Mr. T, but I can make the same damn prediction. Thank you guys so much for sticking with us for almost 90 minutes, you sick bastards. Uh, we will be back in our normal time slot next week, Tuesday, 2 p.m., and hopefully we have just as much to talk about next week as we did this week. Again, guys, check out my conversation with Samoa Joe. It is up right now. Uh, feel free to go back and check out my conversation with Wheeler Yuta. A lot of that is still good, and it's a nice little appetizer ahead of uh, Blood and Guts tonight. Otherwise, enjoy it. We will be back next week. 
for SP3, Rick Uccino. Thank you guys so much. This is the Believe in Pro Wrestling Podcast brought to you by Bet Online. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.